Hello, hello, boomers. We're going to be in the desert with Moses. We just saw how much the Israelites were complaining last time about getting their manna, their sweet bread from the ground that God gave them every single day, except for Sabbath, the seventh day. And now they're still out in the desert. They're going to be complaining some more, probably be about water and more some about quail. So we'll keep following their story and see what happens to them. Hi, Mark. Hello. Are the cats still with you? Yeah, there's three of them right now sleeping. Yeah. You know, I used to be allergic to them. So what happened? Maybe, maybe God healed yeah, me you from that. <laughs> you God know, healed me. All your cat videos, I came to the conclusion that you're a cat whisperer. And you had so um, many other cats, not just the three that you. I've had a couple. Yeah. One of them died. The vet killed one of them. Uh, the stray cat came to our house and, uh, you know, we didn't really know how old she was. She was kind of nice, you know, we, so, but then the, the, there was a stray cat, a stray male cat kept coming around. And, uh, and so we, tr we went to go get her spayed and um, she died in that process. That happened to me when I was young. Really? Yeah, exactly. Cat, cat died at the vet. Yeah. It sounds like it's more dangerous than they make it out to be. Yeah, they don't tell you ahead of time because I think some cats don't do well with uh, the sleeping thing that they give them. Ah, I had the pharmacia. Yeah. And this cat, <laughs> the one that died, she trusted me. She looked in her eyes. Uh, I was driving, you know, to the. So vet. horrible. So I, I cried that like instantly when they told me. Yeah. Well, and you feel bad too. You're like, man, I yeah. shouldn't have done this. You know, and then the, the, the vet said, oh, you did the right thing. It's like, no, obviously oh, we did not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and my wife was crying, you know, it's yeah. just like, oh man, it's so horrible. Oh, it's um, hard. Cause in fact, that's the one I think, I think uh, one of the, like either today or tomorrow, there's going to be a, a little short video of that cat that died. Um. In a so, rat. I see in these other videos the one with the Hitler mustache and you call them Adolf. Oh, that's a stray cat. Yeah. Some some I do take a few if I see a stray cat out there in the somewhere when I where I go, I'll take a little video. That um, those are stray cats kind of by the beach. Wow. Um, that that one, the the Hitler cat. Yeah, it, that's what people call them. And they live Hitler. okay on their own like that when they're out there? I think people kind of feed them and stuff. Uh um. Yeah, that's there's a lot of stray animals, a lot of stray stray dogs where I live, tons of them. Wow. But they're boot. There's, I think, part of it is they're Buddhists here, you know, so they don't, yeah. um, they just kind of leave them alone, or you know, they don't kill them. But really, they sh they probably should be castrating the stray dogs. Oh yeah, because they giving them, uh, yeah, give them some propaganda. They'll do it to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> See, the dogs don't watch TV. That's the problem. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> They don't know Bill Gates and everybody else. They don't know. They're supposed to, yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're supposed to be non-binary these days, you know. Yeah, they, they don't, don't have the dog clinic to go and line up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, where are we? Chapter seventeen: Water from the Rock. Oh, this is water from the rock. Yeah. See, this yeah. might fit in better to that verse in one Corinthians. We could read it again, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Right now? Yeah, I want probably just start at verse 1 again. So, yeah, so this kind of relates to Exodus 17. I would not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, 
all ate the same spiritual food, the mana, or yeah, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, and they were overthrown in the wilderness. So now we're starting this rock story, which we just know it all relates back to this, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is really Jesus, who is a rock. The rock was Christ. The rock that they're going to actually, you know, now it makes sense why God got mad at Moses for hitting the rock. Remember? He kind of, he kind of was, he lost his temper, right? He was angry. Yeah, but we always thought it was because he lost his temper. And that's what I always thought. Now, it wasn't because of that, because the rock was Christ. It was representative of Christ. So he hit Christ in a way. Wasn't he supposed to strike the rock? Well, nah. let's see. Let's yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see what happens, and then right. then I'll understand it better. All right. So all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin, from place to place, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people contended with Moses and said. Give us water so that we may drink. Now that would be pretty scary, right? Yeah, you don't no water. last long without water. And for me, you know, if I get hungry or thirsty, I get kind of in a bad mood. I get a bit irritable. Oh, so cranky. Yeah. I get cranky. I really do. Yeah, when I'm yeah. hungry. That's how I know I'm hungry. I get cranky first. Uh, yeah. You know, if I'm hungry, then I, oh, I must be hungry. I better <laughs> eat some food and drink water. So the people are getting kind of cranky at Moses here. Yeah. Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you test the Lord? Ah, see, the Lord is testing them, but now they're testing the Lord, which we're not supposed to test the Lord. Right. He doesn't need to be tested, but we do. (laughs) And we are tested. But the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, why is it that you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us (laughs) and our children and our livestock with thirst? Ah, See, they thought they're gonna they thought they're gonna die. But again, but, this was all a testing. They should have known. <laughs> I'm getting irritated by all of them continuously, you know, backsliding. So I can only imagine yeah. what God was thinking about all of that, right? Again, it's all about like you've already been through mm. this. God listened and still provided for them. Even manna, we just got done reading all of that. Mm. So why why do they keep losing their faith? Why do they have to keep asking why not just well, say- see, now now it's now it's water see before they didn't have food and so they they got angry they they were afraid of not having food but they may have had water i'm not sure but they now they don't water. have water they have food they have mana and quail every day they got the food but now they don't have water but you can't they had to have water you can't survive without water more than four so days. it's different yeah but now they don't have water right now yeah, right now. Um, and so they're so this is so 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 God has abandoned them Again. in their mind. Yeah, he gave, he's given us his food, but he's not able. He's not able to give them. How can God possibly give them water? It's impossible. <laughs> it's no. <laughs> That's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. That's what we think. We think that too no. sometimes. Mm, well, I'm sure we do. We but at this point, they're just annoying. Now it shows their character that they just don't have any faith and trust. But we do the same things. We Not do the same to this things. extent. You think we do that to this extent? Yeah. 
Well, then we should be making our little idols right now. You know, the golden calf because God's been. <laughs> well, away we do have we have golden calves. Yeah, we have idols, lots of idols in the well, world. Well, unbelievers do for sure. But yeah. Anywho, let's see here. Okay, number four. Well, this is interesting here, though. Let's go back to number three. Why is it that you brought us a kill this and our children and our livestock? So it sounds like they have livestock. Yeah. I thought they didn't have livestock. I guess they did at first, I, I guess. I mean, I guess they have so livestock. They it says right there. A lot of loot from Egypt. They couldn't carry Yeah, maybe that's part of it. Okay. I don't know. Because I thought they didn't have any food. Oh, you mm. mean they didn't? They could have just ate their livestock, you mean? Yeah. Well, that's what they're for, isn't it? Yeah, but maybe at that point, that is strange. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to circle back to that one. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's been quite a few uh, papers written about that. There always are. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, then Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, "What shall I do to this people? They are almost ready to stone me." Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stone. So these these are the same killer bees that. Ended up killing Jesus, too. They wanted to stone him, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The Lord said to Moses, pass over before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your rod with which you struck the Nile and go. Indeed, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock. See there, he, he's telling them to strike the rock. Yeah. Right? All right. So never mind about what I said. And, and their water shall come out of it so that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the contending of the children of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Now, the the event you're talking about is when, see, this was okay. He God didn't get angry at Moses for doing this. So right. we'll have to see if there's something else he does. He may have, I, he may, yeah, he, he, there's something else he does in that other event where he does he does something wrong right but that's not this particular event all right so now now this is see just the thing about the context right these people are leaving egypt and now god is kind of training them to be an army or they're you know to to be his people and right. um test testing them right so it's and it's one thing after another one tribulation in a way in a way they're in tribulation right they're hungry yeah and then God saves them with the food. You know, now they're thirsty, and then God gives them water uh, through a miracle. They're kind of in a tribulation type of thing. So you know, it's, uh, I think what trials, you said is trials. That, yeah, there's one thing after another. Their tribulation to test them. Yeah, yeah, to, in what real time. And they don't know ahead of time what's coming next. And now yeah. it's the Amalekites. Now they're going to have a little battle. So then, all our tribulation is really our test to see how we. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It says that it literally says that in the like the book of James, so that to perfect us, so that we could become uh, mature, you know, um, yeah. to develop our to yeah, faith. It, it does just like these guys. They complain. It sucked for yeah. them to see. That's what I'm saying. We complain too. <laughs> okay, but if I had all those freaking miracles <laughs> and I was walking with God, I don't think I would keep on. But there's always one more thing. He 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 he'll uh, he'll do a miracle, but then there'll be another new a new problem. See, there's always a new yeah. problem that's different, and they don't know if God can handle this one or not. Yeah, that's they, they remember they don't know. They don't really know God that well yet. No, but they should have um, because they were brought out of the Red Sea. That was pretty miraculous. They sang songs about it. How do you forget that? 
but they i mean they're per- portrayed as very stubborn stiff-necked people and uh yeah, they were they are but i think i think you know i'm just trying to be empath- maybe showing some Let's empathy say you're or the humble guy and you were living among this event here you were in that moses tribe and you just saw this huge body of water that swallowed up the pharaoh and his army and then they made it to the other mm. side and they're like yay we did it at that point okay the first hardship is okay i need some food we were out there i can understand the very first one when they're hungry but after all of these miracles that they they're finally delivered they got a loot of gold they got a loot of a lot of stuff that they took from egypt and they're pretty much headed to wherever so are you telling me that you would have been just like them by the time that you got here if you were the same person like you are now but you didn't know about the bible well no if this was me like uh in the past i think it's under, i think part of i think part of what they're doing here is showing us the uh sinful human nature they're making a point to i don't know if it's exaggerated or not but that's part of i think part of the message here is to contrast you know faith and disobedience human nature there is a rebellion inherent in human nature i think and inherent like adam i mean what would adam have done look at what adam did he was in he was in paradise he had it all he was in a similar situation to these guys he disobeyed he he obeyed the serpent he lost his kingship he lost his uh but this seems like it's it's increasing the level of disobeying god yeah, but I think I think part of the point of this is to show us the rebellious heart of human beings. Yeah, so I guess you know what I mean. And then, and then these these guys are straight. I mean, so this is like a yeah. So these people are. It's still it's still within just a like a month or two, right? Of of the Exodus oh, event. Wow. So they're yeah. still children. Um, they're still starting out. They're still just getting to know how this all, right, all works we'll call them the terrible twos then they're just so, yeah but i'm just saying that's maybe maybe another way to look at it is to say yeah that's human nature and that's something we all have we we have to be you know just to we all share this same human rebellious nature ourselves so we have to make it is like it's true. like it said in that verse i just read that uh 1 corinthians 10 because it says right here and, and, and in fact it says verse 6 now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. We should. So this is an example for us, yeah, for like what not to do, right? All right. So we'll give them a little bit of credit. It's there for us to learn. Like, we, okay, don't do what these guys did, because because yeah, we might we might be like this. We could be like this too. I think uh, we would be if we didn't have those signs and wonders like they did. I mean, because this is going to get repeated again and again and again. And every generation, it gets repeated in some sorts. And it will be for us where we have to trust God and not go with the planned enemy of the day, right? When they take away our bank accounts. And food and access. And That's the, what and the, the, and the house about. And we're in the wilderness yeah you know and they want us to go to the camp yeah i mean then you're really 100 percent on god there's nothing you, your will can do anymore when they burn your town down evil things yeah when you know and it's something you didn't really see coming mm-hmm. all right now here's amalek amalek the amalekite amalek the amalekites and amalek is a descendant of esau so he's like an edom edomite 
tribe. The the word Amalek was somewhere like this person, the original Amalek person. But this is the first time they come against the Amalekites. And these were enemies of Israel for hundreds of years after this as well. All right. So Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, right? Because now you got these Israelites coming into their territory, basically. Right. So um, they don't want that. So Moses said to Joshua, now there's Joshua. The first time we come across Joshua, his name is um, Yehoshua. Yehoshua. That's why some people think we should pronounce Jesus' name Yehoshua. You know, you hear people, Yehoshua, but it's more like Yehoshua. But this is the old form. Later on, it simplified to Yeshua. It started out as Yehoshua. So it's like, you know, you hear all these people say, oh, we have to pronounce Jesus' name this way, the way I think you should. Everyone, and if you don't pronounce it the way I pronounce it, you're going to hell. You know, you hear, you have all these kind of yeah, things going on, okay. right? But that's because it, it is basically the same name as Jesus in Hebrew, but it's the older form of it. Um, well, we know he's this uh, person, Joshua, is not Jesus in this story. Exactly. Yeah. cousin or who is it? related to someone uh is he related well i don't know do we get joshua's uh genealogy where's the genealogy of yeah, joshua we need his book we need his genealogy yeah yeah so anyway anyway so i mean he's kind of acts like he's kind of a typology of jesus in a certain way maybe you know um because he yeah. is he is a great warrior and he does he's one of the there's only two people that enter the promised land from this generation yeah and he's one of them moses does not enter but joshua does so joshua moses does not because of what happened right what he did yeah exactly yeah yeah which which to me never seemed like a big deal but uh, well, that's I what think i was we'll, just gonna say it's a little scary because we'll, god we'll try to unpack that a bit yeah yeah i think we do need to unpack it because of that whole when it thing. T- turns up yeah. yeah. Um, right. So anyway, so there's Joshua. The first time Joshua appears, an important character that um, he has a book written named after him as well. <laughs> <laughs> Choose men for us and go out and uh, fight against Amalek. Uh, Am- Amalek. Amalek. Tomorrow mm-hmm. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Um, by the way, I am. I have to go out and get a, a staff for myself, a, like a cane <laughs> kind of thing. My knee totally went out. My and uh, it's funny because just the other day I was thinking, you know, I should get a a staff like Moses. Yeah, I think so. I'm is, calling you. I mean, Moses. these are. But but I was thinking that, and then the next day my knee went out. Aww. completely. Like I can barely walk right now. Oh no, it's uh, it's horrible. Yeah, so it's uh, it's arth- I have arthritis. Yeah. Oh, so I do need I to get a rod. You need a staff because I think you're I need like a staff. Moses typology. I need I need the staff to <laughs> to fight against the uh, Amalekites. <laughs> yeah, and then a cat whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cat whisperer. <laughs> yeah, so leading them yeah. out of Egypt. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. And when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua laid low Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. But who's really fighting the battle? Got it. Who's the 
Who's the real? Yeah, God is the real warrior. Now, what's the deal with? Is Moses doing? Is is what's the deal with Moses holding up his hands? I don't know why God made him do that, but I think uh, as long <laughs> as he kept his hands up, it was victory. And if they if he put them down, they would lose. Right? That was the deal. Yeah, yeah. But why did God made him do that? Well, it, maybe it's just a way to to show that God is doing this. You know. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a maybe just a way for everyone to see how it works. You know, it's like it's like a show of faith or something. And this is kind of a weird story, right? It doesn't really fit anything. Well, yeah, it's just another trial and tribute. You know, it's another test, right? Yeah, it's a test, but it's a weird test. Try doing but this it, for five minutes, even. It's oh, hard. holding up the hands, you mean? Yeah. Um, well, I don't think that was a test, but like this battle is a test, and, no, no, and it's no, kind of showing them, showing them how to fight a holy war. But they were and these guys were attacked, right? The Israelites were attacked by these people, yeah. and God has promised to bring them into this land of Canaan. And these guys are resisting God's will. See, the Amalekites are resisting God. No, no, I get that. Really, but I think this whole. Hand raising thing, yeah. Eventually turned into the staff with the snake on it. Remember? So well, that's later on. We're going to see yeah. a little bit more exact thing of that actually. And it's I think a it's visual representation of God's power. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's a good explanation. Yeah, yeah I would say that's a good way to. Yeah, and people would see that, right? And yeah. uh, and maybe even the Amalekites saw that as well. Um, so it's kind of like faith. Yeah, you have faith and obedience to God, then you can win the war, the battle. But if not, you know, if you kind of do it on your own, then you lose. And that's what we see over and over again is that God fights. God is the one really fighting these wars because God has to keep his promises to Abraham. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and rehearse it to Joshua, for I will utterly wipe out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Now this is so. This is the first time we see Moses writing, right? Yeah. So that's why that's why a lot of people think Moses wrote Exodus. He wrote something here in a right. He wrote something down here, which may have become part of the Bible. And that happens. It happens is, quite everything that he's writing down is coming from God Himself. It's not like he has his own intellect to write this entire. No, he does. He's a smart guy, right? He's he's physically writing himself. Oh no, that he's writing using his mind. He's inspired yeah. by God, but not he's not a um, he doesn't go into a trance. And in you know that that's the thing is we it's the Bible was not written by people in a trance. No, it's not in a trance. <laughs> but God has the power to dictate how, like hardening Pharaoh's heart, leading them, confusing them, telling them what you know God is going to do. So in a way, he could have like brought the information to Moses. It's divinely inspired, absolutely. In my view, it's not, it's way more than inspired. I think because every time I look, I mean, we the whole world is studying these Bible verses, and you know how complicated it can get. So that's something I don't think it's humanly possible to write that. But anyway, I think God yeah. had to have come to these people somehow well yeah he i mean yeah he's in, in moses is like a prophet right and now he's he's because he's speaking the word of god to the people so moses is a prophet 
Yeah. And now he's writing. He's a writing prophet now. Yeah. So it is the word of the Lord that he's writing. Yeah. Just like the so, other prophets in the Old Testament. And now here it's like, I will utterly the blot MLX, out the memory. Do they exist today? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, some of them survived, I think. We'll have to, as we go, we'll have to try to keep a lookout for them because they were supposed to wipe them out again. Right now, they're not completely wiping them out. He says, I will. Mm -hmm. And um, But then later on, some of them do escape, and I'm not sure if they wiped out all of them or not right now, because it's a bit hard to track that down, but because uh, some of them escape. It says, like, there's a verse later on, you know, like in these other wars, it's like, yeah, they, they hunted down and killed all the Amalekites, except for these guys here. <laughs> there's like a few exceptions, and I'm not sure if we if we know what really happened to them. But this is just one of the tribes of and they're not really in the land of Canaan yet, right? So these are the these people yeah. are outside of the yeah. land of Canaan, and one of the many tribes are going to come across. And uh, but it does show you that any see they're they're opposing God's will, so God wants to completely wipe them out. You think they were part of the like they were outside of the Israelite group, right? Or you think they formed within the group? No, 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 they're not Israelites. Oh, they were outside of completely. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. They, well, there, there. We have the. Uh, let's see. I can, I can look it up real quick here. We have a little bit of genealogy with this guy right here. Genesis thirty six twelve. Tim, Timna was a concubine of Eliphaz, Esau's son. She bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These are the sons of Adah, Esau's wife. So there, and he's in chapter. He's in chapter thirty six, verse twelve. There's Amalek. See, mm -hmm. and then that's this is the tribe based around him, and then uh, verse sixteen also talks about the chiefs of Edom, right? So he's an Edomite. These are the chiefs. Chief verse sixteen, Amalek, yeah. uh, chief Amalek. He was a chief, yeah, chief Amalek. Uh, first, so, the firstborn son of Esau. He's the, he's a grandson of Esau. It sounds like. And Esau's descendant didn't make it into the twelve tribes, right? No, because it no, was God hated Esau. God hated right. Esau. These are the Edomites. These are Edomites. Edomite. God hates the Edomites. <laughs> yeah. Well, God hated Esau, and then He hated his descendants, even though He reconciled Jacob and Esau as brothers when Jacob returned back to Israel or wherever he was from. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that all the 12 tribes really came from Jacob, and that's their story, their descendants that grew into... They came from Jacob, yeah. And now yeah. these guys, because um, that's God's plan, is just to how to build his uh, people up from nothing, really. And uh, now now these, uh, uh, these Amalekites, you don't have to look at it now, but 1 Samuel, they're mentioned quite a bit in 1 Samuel. And a little bit in Chronicles. So they, they, they keep coming back, actually. Where do you think um, the land of Edom is? Where is Edom? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's south, like south of Jer Jerusalem, south of Canaan, right south of Canaan. You could probably okay, look so it up. So they were map. all Jacob's brother's descendants that he hated, and they were causing... Esau's, yeah, the, yeah, these uh, Edomites from Esau, and they were opposing God's will, basically. Hey, look at this right here, right? Is this, what verse is, is this the end of the, did we, fin yeah, we didn't finish okay. this yet. No. Then, then Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, for he said, for the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek, 
from generation, generation to generation. And we see that playing out in the Bible. So they must not have been destroyed because this is from generation to generation. Yeah, not yet. They're not destroyed yet, for sure. This yeah. is just a little battle, you know, a one-day battle. But then they come up in 1 Samuel, they come up again. So we'll, we'll circle now. back. Well, that's what I was saying is I'm not sure if the Bible tells us if they were destroyed or not. Like right now, off the top of my head, um, I kind of suspect they're not completely destroyed, actually. Well, it sounds like from the last verse, generation to generation, which is eternal, until Jesus yeah, they were supposed they were they were supposed to uh, wipe them out, but right. I think they failed. I think they failed. We'll have to see. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Well, if they're not destroyed, they could be in power right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah well, well, this, and this is just one of the many enemy tribes, anyway. So. Yeah. Some of these enemy tribes have survived, I believe. Yeah, in including possibly the the uh, remember the Rephaim, mm -hmm. descendants of the Nephilim. Maybe yeah. the they're kind of like vampires. <laughs> yeah, they kind of look like vampires. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe, you know all those stories. They do come from somewhere. We just think it's mythical, but I think they're all now looking backwards. Uh, they were just relaying history of something that they already know about. Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, all these uh, movies and stuff, they're telling us their yeah. story. Yeah, exactly. And we think it's fiction, but it's... it's <laughs> and it's not. It's like, it's their Bible recanting <laughs> of their stories, of their people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, so uh, 18. Now, this is kind of an interesting chapter as well. Jethro, remember Jethro? Yeah, uh, Moses' father-in-law. Yeah, the priest of Midian, right? Uh, yeah. Moses' father-in-law heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. And, and in fact, uh, Midian is kind of in the general area they're heading to anyway. So they're uh, heading towards, it kind of makes sense he would come back into the picture, I guess. Because um, yeah. I think I think you know that they're heading down towards the bottom of Mount of uh, the Sinai Peninsula, mm -hmm. and then Midian would be to the right, to the east of that. And these guys are coming from the west. So all right. So then Jethro, Moses's father-in-law, took Zipporah. Remember from the uh, circumcision. Yep. Is Moses? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Moses's wife after he had sent her back. Okay, so he's, his 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 wife and father-in-law show up, and her two sons, one of whom was named Gershom. That's the guy they circumcised. Yeah. And he said, "I have been a sojourner in a foreign land." And the name of the other was Eleazar, for he said, "The God of my father was my help, and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh." And Jethro, Moses's father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he camped at the mountain of God, which is Mount Sinai. See, they're, yeah. they're kind of heading, they're, it sounds like they're arriving at Mount Sinai. And, right, and I, th I think Horeb is another name for that as well, which we just saw. And he said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you and your wife and her two sons with her. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of the other's welfare. And then they went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that had all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the hardships that had come on them along the way and how the Lord delivered them right yeah mm -hmm. so Jethro rejoiced because of all the goodness which the Lord had done for Israel whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians Jethro said 
the Lord, be Yahweh or Yahweh, be blessed who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. For in the matter in which they treated the people insolently, he was above them. So remember the question that we were pondering before, whether what, who did he worship? Was he yeah. worshiping the true God or not? To him, proved that he's the God that was greater than what probably even worshiped before. Because he said, now I know the Lord is greater than all gods. So I don't think he knew that before. Who this God was? Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does. It does kind of make you wonder what kind of priest he was. It's a bit unclear. It's it kind of it kind of leaves it open. But now it sounds like this is what God wanted people to respond like this, oh, right? Yeah. Like now we know who God is. So it, it sounds like he's. Uh, it sounds like he's on board with the with the plan. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you know he he was a good guy before. He's still a good guy now because he's counseling Moses. But he may not have known the real God yet. Maybe he was doing his priestly thing with whatever customary was. But now, for sure, he's recognized God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's possible he kind of knew God. Um, but may, maybe he knew Yahweh as as like his local God in yeah. his mind you know and in his mind he just thought well god is one of many gods maybe you know maybe he just didn't quite get it yet in his yeah. own mind now he knows god is because that's what uh, that's probably what the egyptians thought right it's yeah. like oh those israelites they have their god and we have our gods yeah and those guys over there they have their gods the amalekites have their gods everyone's got a god like that right now <laughs> that's the battle in fact you cannot speak you know the ones that don't believe in jesus they say we have our God, we worship, you have your God, we have our God. Yeah, we yeah. We to coexist and keep on working. Yeah, coexist, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. That's why everyone hates uh, Christians. Yep. Because uh, we claim there's there's one God. Yeah. That's it. That, that really uh, upsets people. Yep, and um, they even morphed it where even though we all worship the same God, because they all say that too now. We worship all the same God, but we yeah. have two ways to get there. So he goes by different names. Yeah, exactly. You hear that all the time. I hear yeah. that all the time. Yeah. They don't get it. No. Because they need <laughs> but, to see this. You know, they need but see, to see Jethro gets it though. Jethro gets it. He's recognized that what a triumph it was to deliver yeah. all the people. And I really do think it was a ton of people and all the adversity that they went through and management of that into the wilderness. So, you know, I think that probably was an awesome sight for Jethro and everybody else. Yeah, that's the way, and that's the way the Israelites should have responded also. And many of them did respond that way, but some did not, as you were saying before. Which right? is, yeah, the unbelievers, they probably found a way, you know. Those are the ones that turned the good ones too when they started building the golden calf. And it's not just a it's not just an ethnic thing just because you're born an Israelite doesn't make you righteous oh no I think they right? met already or born a Catholic or born a Lutheran or whatever yeah. you're born into some religious belief doesn't make you righteous no I right? mean it's really the, the call of God is what we hear now like 
these guys were led by Moses and other patriarchs, right, to trust God, to reveal God. All that was really revelation of God's character, who he is, what he did, and to continue to trust him. Today, we're a little bit born into some sort of blindness, like people come out of different cultures, and we're all kind of now intermingling. You know, here you are, you're in the East, but you were born in the West. I am. I was born in the East, and now I live in the West. We're opposite. <laughs> <laughs> People that raised me, you know, they have completely different beliefs from the East. They don't recognize any of this. So God can pick out all those people. He has to pick them out. Where versus, He kind of chose them, and He was telling them. But now it's. I think it's a little bit different. Like it's an internal calling to recognize and grow you into that process. Like he did with me and you as well. Anyway, so this uh, all right. So then Jethro, Moses's father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron and all the other elders of Israel came to eat bread with Moses's father-in-law before God. Now this is interesting because Jethro is a priest already. Yeah. And I don't think Aaron is a priest yet. Jethro is doing kind of the priestly duties right here. Yeah. Because Aaron. He, his role is a bit undefined. He's been helping out a lot, Aaron. They're, and they're both Levites, right? Aaron and Moses are Levites. But the <clears throat> the official Levite priesthood, I don't think, has begun yet. Um, so this guy is acting like a priest, right? Doing the... the this rich, kind uh, of reminds me stuff. of uh, when Abraham... Um, who was that guy? Methuselah, the high priest that came to him? Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, Melchizedek. Yeah, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like that. He is kind of like that. He's this this kind of random priest comes to who's them. a bit mysterious. He's. I mean, he's he. Yeah, I don't think I don't know. He seems to be kind of a priest of Yahweh somehow, but but not. But he he knows a few. I think he knew how to circumcise people, and he knew a few things. But uh, like this guy's not exactly the same as Melchizedek. Melchizedek seemed like the real deal. Yeah, you know, or Jethro. God raised him too, though. I don't think it's like, coincidence, right? Yeah, I mean Jethro. See, a lot of people. What we're going to read next, a lot of people say that Jethro is a, like a bad guy. I don't think so. I think Jethro's okay. I always take a contrarian view either way. So, whatever the majority view is, I'm going to be against it. So that's fine. <laughs> there is no evidence that he was a bad guy whatsoever. Yeah, not not yet, not at all. He gave yet. him his daughter. He helped him out when he was in exile, and now he's praising him. He actually counsels him when he was acting as a judge, Moses. That's, well, that's what we're going to see yeah. right now. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing. All right, so let's then. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. Like somehow he knows how to do all this, right? Yeah. And Aaron and all the elders of Israel came to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. That's that's kind of you know eating eating. A, it's like a ritual meal they're eating right here. And this is you know? before God. Before Red, God, this is this is some kind of religious ceremony. This is a this is something significant. It's, but also, not just that God dinner. was with him because he can't be doing that stuff if God wasn't with him. And in fact, in fact, it almost seems like Jethro might be teaching them. Like they don't know Aaron and Moses don't know how to do this stuff, but he yeah. does. But like, there's that book I mentioned before, <laughs> which yeah. I, I'll have to read it now. There's a book, just so you know, because you're going to hear all kinds of theories about Moses. There is a book out there saying that 
Jethro killed Moses and took his identity and started oh, a, this religion. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's completely false. <laughs> Just so you know, but I think this is where you know. So they they're that's that's what they're they're getting that from here. I think. Uh, but, but do Jethro, you have any yeah. doubt so far that Jethro is a decent? Father-in-law raised by God. I have no doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt. I mean, he's you know he's he you know he was not one of the Israelites in Egypt as a slave. He was a Midianite, but it seems like he was a priest of God. And um, now he's joining up with the people of God. Right now yeah. he's joining up with them. He heard what happened and he wants to come check it out. He wants to be a part of this army, which is great. So he's definitely not. With other people. Yeah, he's joining the party. Now and now he's doing the ritual stuff. Yeah. Before Mount Sinai, right? Before yeah. Moses did. Yeah, before the uh, priesthood. God might have given him that role to be a priest. He's helping right. out. He came to help out. He's because these people are in training now. The, the whole Israelite, all the Israelites, and even Moses and Aaron to a certain extent. They're in training. Yeah, but Moses respected and listened to him. He married a daughter. He had two sons with her. And they all yeah. came together to meet him back again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the good. All right. So on the next day, Moses said, sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from the morning until evening. I think that means to like all, to provide judgment to the people, something like that. He was a judge. To judge for the yeah he to, to guidance, you know. Yeah. 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 Like a judge. Yeah. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said. What is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why are you sitting by yourself while all the people stand around you from morning till evening? Because remember, there was like between 20 and 30,000 Israelites. No, there were 600,000 <laughs> Israelites. Only in your world, it was... One Not my world. No. It is your world, because the Bible says 600,000, so I'll go with that. You can well, go my Bible 20,000 yourself. <laughs> Yeah, with yeah. the LS, which also could be a thousand, by the way, which you admit it. So that means yeah. it could very well be 600,000, which all of these people were standing around them morning to evening. So a lot of people. Well, we'll figure it I think it'll be someday we'll figure it, uh, we'll figure it out. No, uh, I've already figured it out. It's, it'll be someday for you. <laughs> I haven't. I'm still investigating it. You're still right. investigating. That's right. right. So then Moses, I didn't persuade you. I'm holding back. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't want to be too strong and. You know, go be um, it. Be as strong as you can be, Moses. Go at it. Just fine. Then, then Moses said to his father-in-law, "Because the people came to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbor, and I make known the statutes of God and His laws." Moses' father-in-law said to him, "What are you doing? What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people who are with you." For this thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it by yourself. Now listen to me. I will advise you, and may God be with you. You are a representative for the people to God, so that you may bring their disputes to God, like an intermediary, right? Now I think everything he's saying is kind of correct so far. Um, and yeah. you shall teach them the statutes and laws, and shall show them the way in which they must walk, and the work that they must do. He Moreover, you shall set up the our judicial system today, based on all of this that's happening right now. So. Yeah, 
It's interesting because they're talking about the statutes and laws before the actual event of Mount Sinai. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it's well, all just getting all lumped together in when they write it out like this. Um, or, or, or he kind of, you know, they are, they, they do have the Sabbath and stuff already. They have a few statutes and laws, but not too many at this point, as far as we know, as far as I know. What do you think? They haven't had the written down. They were doing like what they call the common law. So he set up the common uh, law. So basically, right all these people, which uh, I know you're debating that, but there are a lot of people. So as soon as you <laughs> have only 30,000 people, you're going to have a lot of disputes because yeah, in a neighborhood, it's bound people, neighbors against well, neighbors fighting. Over even stuff. if you have you have three people or five yeah. people, you know, yeah. right. Imagine now with cattle property that they probably had between themselves. They were, I don't know what they were doing. After 40 years, you know, like, are they still... Well, this is before, but this is only a couple of months into their exodus. But you, th you think this, this you think this paragraph is kind of talking in a general sense? Um, no, it's... I, I mean, mean, they're I, only a couple of months. Are, are, no, no, they're only a couple of months into the journey so far. This is just like a couple of months after the exodus right now. So the, I think those are real disputes that he had to handle. I don't know what they would have been about, but he... They were coming to him for all their problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like the only guy doing this, right. and he's got other stuff he's got to do. Right. So um, Jethro said, "Hey, yeah. don't spread yourself too thin with these people." And you know, Start maybe that's what Jethro. Did. Maybe Jethro had this experience as well. If he's a priest, many people must have came to him all the time, and maybe he did the same thing before. Probably, but like he knows how to handle the situation quite well. Yeah, he's a wise man, right? You know, he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's older and wiser, right. and he's a priest of something, you know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he knows how to kind of deal with the people, you know. But what they did by appointing judges for different levels and different disputes—that's exactly what happened all over the world. So that's, uh, you know, they'll set up different type of judges, administrative judges to trial judges, whatever, divorce. Or what they call mm. family law for, for different for different types of disputes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's where all this um, came from. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, and then verse twenty-one. That's where we're at now. Moreover, you shall choose out of all the people capable men who fear God, men of truth, hating dishonest gain, and place these men over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds. Rulers of 50, 50s and rulers of 10s. Well, it sounds yeah, like today we have, don't we have people who fear God, men of truth, hating dishonest gain? Aren't those the people who are in charge of our legal system today also? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's part of from the truth. It was people who run the corporations and the government oh, and the gosh. legal system, the justice. Don't they, do they call it the justice system still? Do they even try they to try, call but it no. that? No, the injustice not. system. I think they got in the root of the justice part and just call it the legal system. But so see, that's that, why it's so it's it starts out men who fear God, right? Yeah, can handle this kind of job. Men of truth. Well, if it's not a man of truth doing this job, they're going to be a man of tyranny, right? Man of lies sure. and deception. Well, they hating dishonest gain. They will love yeah. the people love dishonest gain nowadays. Oh, right? everybody does. They took the money. So, like the legal system now is most corrupt as it ever can be. Is wow. right now. You can't trust the judges. You can't trust the lawyers. You can't trust anybody. 
And whoever has the most money, money that, that's who wins. Because what happens is all these judges, even though they're supposed to be impartial from the person to the corporate, but they most always side with the corporates, the bigger ones, because ultimately they get their jobs or their future funding or something from these corporations. They get nothing from the individual. So that's why you never really see that many lawsuits from individual people that are getting hurt by these corporations. Ah, ah I see. They it's always have to protect the corporation and yeah, not the person. Not the person. And the first biggest mistake against humanity, the legal system, they made corporations into a person. That gives them the right to sue and get sued. So because a corporation now is considered as a person, just like you and I are our persons, mm -hmm. you're basically going up against an army who's calling themselves a person when they're not. Ah, so, I and see then what you mean. you're just like, okay. So that's that's the biggest problem is like here, you know, mm. you call them armies of Emelec and this and that. You can battle it out. But today mm. everything is battled in courts. It's not in handguns anymore or horses. And they made the mm. mighty into equal as a one person, which is totally wrong to do that. Because they're yeah, they're not they're obviously not just one person. No. Um, yeah. And and they have a lot more money than one person. More money and army they have a whole people. Business. Yeah. So how do you win mm. battles? You const every time you go to mm. court, you're essentially in a civil battle, which yeah. it looks just like this when they came against all their armies. It wasn't physical, but you are battling for your livelihood, your money, your job, everything about your life. You're battling in courts. Mm. And it's always against an army. It's never. Yeah. And then they, they have a lot more money. So even at a practical level, they can just, um, do, they can like drag that. on the, drag it out. And yeah. then you run out of money eventually. And they don't. You know? Yeah. Look at what just happened to Trump lately. Um, you know, they've been after him in courts. And I think they're trying to succeed to take away all his assets to dethrone him. Yeah. But he is a he is an army warrior, Trump, right? He has a mission. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. He's at well, war. Yeah. 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 Uh, whether it's yeah, the that's the story they're telling us at least. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, some right. I mean it's not too far behind for regular. Right. Yeah. No, it's yeah. All right. So um all right, so let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every difficult matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall judge, so that it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. He's almost like Moses is like the Supreme Court, right? Yep. And then these, oh, yeah. these other people are the are the local, right. kind of like that. Yeah. If if you shall do this thing, and God commands you so, then you will be able to endure. And all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything that he had said. So Moses chose capable men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. They judged the people at all times. They brought the difficult cases to Moses, but they judged every small matter themselves. Moses sent out his father-in-law and he went his way to his own land. So, so that, Moses um, was also a wise, smart guy if he handled the difficult stuff himself. Yeah. So yeah, he's been like yeah. the first wise man, right? 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like the creation of a civil society right here, yeah. right? I mean, they're just starting out. They're a nation of, you know, thousands and thousands of people, and uh, they need to get organized. And, and, and you know, a lot of people say that Jethro, that Moses, like the people will say um, Moses obeyed Jethro. That was a bad thing to obey Jethro. But that right? was his father-in-law. His father-in-law who was a priest. Right. So, and they're saying, well, he, he, he disobeyed, like, it doesn't mean he disobeyed God. Oh, no. Or he's, he's only supposed to obey God at all. You know, so the, most of the things I've ever heard about this story, they, they think the main point is that th there was some kind of problem. Like, this was a mistake, where I don't see it that way necessarily. It's not a mistake. I mean, um, God ordained Jethro to begin. If, if God was disobeying yeah. Jethro, he would have knocked him out because he was doing priestly things before the Lord. That's what it said. Yeah. So if they were together, plus he was wise, and that was his father-in-law. I mean, I think you would listen to counsel. Isn't that what you're supposed to do anyway? Like, Yeah, yeah. I think this was, um, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with what's happening here. Um, and Jethro always kind of brings God into it. Like, if it's God's will, this is what you should do, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, he is. Never he does seem to have some kind of authority. Any issues with Moses and Jethro? You've never heard about this? No. That's, maybe that's what the Hebrew Roots guys talk about, you know, just because. Uh, no, no, everything I've ever heard about this is is always negative. Really? Jethro. Yeah. But so far, like he did his thing and he left to his own land, and I don't see any references to him doing anything bad. Yeah. Well, they just think Moses shouldn't have listened to, like, they don't trust him. Like, uh, Moses shouldn't have obeyed his father-in-law for some reason. But I think well, you know, I kind of get the point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So kept on judging. I, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I just. I don't see any problem with it myself. But I'm just mentioning it because that's what a lot of people who watch other YouTube you yeah. know, videos about this subject will probably hear a different interpretation. Well, that's good to know. Next time I'll hear about that. I'm like, no. no. Yeah. You know. I just I from, never from really what paid attention to Jethro's story. To, you know, until now. Yeah. He is kind of an interesting character, you know. It's um, now I'll have to look into more. I don't know if there's if anyone has ever figured out exactly what kind of priest he, he was. Um, there is a connection. They are they are the Kenites, which trace their origin back to Cain. And Cain, Cain, even though Cain was disobedient, he didn't. At least he knew who Yahweh was, right? He yeah, knew who God was. So, well, Jethro um, accepted God at this point. He said. Totally. Totally, yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. totally did. Yeah, but the Ken, they're called the Kenites, and these this clan will uh, appear again in the Book of Judges, and one Samuel again. Later. Oh, he will. He'll come back again. I don't know if Jethro himself will come back, um, Jethro, but um, the his clan. I think I think we're done with Jethro. I'm not sure if he appears again. Well, if we're done with Jethro, so far he seemed like a very decent man, somebody you would listen to. Just like Moses did, because he said he did everything that Jethro told him. To Maybe do. we could start like a uh, a denomination based around <laughs> Jethro. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> All right, well, start a whole new society, a whole new society, a whole new country based on the legal system of Jethro. That's fine with me. I'm sure <laughs> Justin, what it is now, and I'll be equipped. All right. All right. Thank well, you so, so much. next time is uh, next time is Mount Sinai.
Yeah, and the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. so that'll be exciting. I'm super excited about that because, you know, it's weird now that we just finished all the laws and judging and stuff. They must have had, well, we know there were a lot of disputes. Morning and evening, they were gathered to hear them. And I think the Ten Commandments actually came because of all these problems that they kept going to Moses with and all the judges. Mm -hmm. So God like then simplified all these disputes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Framework. Yeah. And it set up the, and see, yeah, it's like God kind of finishes the job, right? It starts out yeah. with Jethro. And it's it's important to to recognize the context, right? What came yeah. before this event. Like everyone will look at Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments without thinking about what happened before that, what happened after it. That's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. The yeah. Con they, there's a reason it's written out this way and things happened that way. It's like one thing kind of leads to another. Yeah, that's there a good was point. No yeah baseline yeah. for anybody to make yeah. all those disputes would have fell into one of those 10 yeah yeah exactly and and then and then after the there's like the 10 commandments are kind of the main principles and then then there's like would you call them like case law yeah. or whatever all oh, these other yeah. application they put these 10 commandments into specific yep. disputes and application if your ox falls in a ditch which a lot of those it, laws know? are actually came from that. There are animal laws that like okay. what to do and all this other stuff. So yeah, that would be a super interesting chapter uh, yeah. next week. Yeah, but that is yeah, it's really a good point to to point out the what came. There's a, there's a reason we just read what we did, which yeah. is kind of because it leads into God comes back as the main character again, and then in the next uh, chapter and yeah, because delivers they started, the law. Yeah, they were ruling themselves with their own laws, and there were a ton of them, I'm sure, with all those disputes. And then God said, "Nope, this is the standard." It gets codified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no. Uh, there's no, there's, there's a clarity. They have clarity. Yeah. He's like what, the uh, highest judge at that point by giving the Ten Commandments. He's the Supreme, he's the Supreme Court, Court justice. Yeah. He's the, it is a God of justice. That's for sure. Yeah. He wants justice. He, um, he hates justice. injustice. He hates, yeah. uh, he, he, he's the God of truth and justice. Yep. And the American way. Yeah, and can't wait for him to execute his judgment. So we're right now at actually the very beginning of a trial that just started in the next What's chapter. Because we're going to see uh, execution of laws, then we have ju judging, then there's going to be uh, judgment at the end by revelation and sentencing uh, after. Uh, so we're like sentencing, we're yeah. a trial in the middle. If you mean everything from, for everything from Exodus to Revelation is like a big trial? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the middle of the books are probably going to go through more evidentiary stuff that God will uh, have to present. And maybe, uh -huh. yeah, we'll see what happens. Hmm. All right. Very good. All right. A lot of good right. stuff that came out today. Thank you for that. All right. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.